Section 20 of the Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Andre Levy, AndreLevy.net, Lisbon, Portugal. The Book of the Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Nights 927. When it was the 927th night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that when the boy took the letter and read it, he forthright pulled out ink-case and paper and wrote as follows In the name of Allah, the compassionating, the compassionate. Peace be upon him who hath gotten pardon and deliverance and the mercy of the merciful. But after, O thou who pretendest thyself a mighty king, and art but a king in word and not in deed, we give thee to know that thy letter hath reached us, and we have read it, and have taken note of that which is therein of absurdities and peregrine extravagances, whereby we are certified of thine ignorance and ill-will to us. Verily thou hast put out thy hand to that whereunto thou canst never reach, and, but we have compassion on Allah's creatures and the lieges, we had not held back from thee. As for thy messenger, he went forth to the market streets, and published the news of thy letter to great and small, whereby he merited retaliation from us. But we spared him and remitted his offence, of pity for him, seeing that he is excusable with thee, and not for aught of respect to thyself. As for that whereof thou makest mention in thy letter, of the slaying of my wazirs, and ulema, and grandees, this is the truth, and this I did for a reason that arose with me. And I slew not one man of learning, but there are with me a thousand of his kind, wiser than he, and cleverer, and wittierer. Nor is there with me a child, but is filled with knowledge, and I have in the stead of each of the slain, of those who surpass in his kind, what is beyond count. Each man of my troops also can cope with an ord of thine, whilst, as for monies, I have a manufactory that maketh every day a thousand pounds of silver, besides gold, and precious stones are with me as pebbles. And as for the people of my possessions, I cannot set forth to thee their goodliness and abundance of means. How darest thou, therefore, presume upon us, and say to us, Build me a castle amiddlemost the main? Verily this is a marvellous thing, and doubtless it ariseth from the slightness of thy wit. For hadst thou aught of sense, thou hadst inquired of the beatings of the billows, and the waftings of the winds. But, wall it off from the waves and the surges of the sea, and still the winds, and we will build thee the castle. Now as for thy pretension, that thou wilt vanquish me, Allah forfend that such thing should befall, and the like of thee should lord it over us and conquer our realm. Nay, the Almighty hath given me the victory over thee, for that thou hast transgressed against me, and rebelled without due cause. Know, therefore, that thou hast merited retribution from the Lord and from me. But I fear Allah in respect of thee and thy subjects, 
and will not take horse against thee except after warning. Wherefore, and thou also fear Allah, hasten to send me this year's tribute. Else will I not turn from my design to ride forth against thee with a thousand thousand and a hundred thousand fighting men, all furious giants on elephants, and I will range them round about my wazir and bid him besiege thee three years, in lieu of the three days' delay thou appointedest to thy messenger, and I will make myself master of thy dominion, except that I will slay none, save thyself alone, and take captive therefrom none but thy harim. Then the boy drew his own portrait in the margin of the letter, and wrote thereunder the words, This answer was written by the least of the boys of the school. After this he sealed it, and handed it to the king, who gave it to the courier, and the man, after taking it and kissing the king's hand, went forth from him thanking Allah and the sovereign for his royal clemency to him, and marvelling at the boy's intelligence. He arrived at the court of the king, his master, on the third day after the expiration of the term appointed to him, and found that he had called a meeting of his council, by reason of the failure of the courier to return at the time appointed. So he went in to the king, and, prostrating himself before him, gave him the letter. The king took it, and questioned him of the cause of his tarrying, and how it was with King Wird Khan. So he told him all he had seen with his own eyes, and heard with his own ears. Whereat the king's wit was confounded, and he said, Out on thee! What tale is this thou tellest me of the like of this king? Answered the courier, O mighty monarch, here am I in thy presence, but open the letter and read it, and the truth of my speech will be manifest to thee. So the king opened the letter and read it, and seeing the semblance of the boy who had written it, made sure of the laws of his kingdom, and was perplexed anent the end of his affair. Then turning to his wazirs and grandees, he acquainted them with what had occurred, and read to them the letter, whereat they were affrighted with the sorest affright, and sought to soothe the king's terror with words that were only from the tongue, whilst their hearts were torn piecemeal with palpitations of alarm. But Badia, the chief wazir, presently said, Know, O king, that there is no profit in that which my brother wazirs have proffered, and it is my rede that thou write this king a writ, and excuse thyself to him therein, saying, I love thee, and love thy father before thee, and sent thee not this letter by the courier, except only to prove thee, and try thy constancy, and see what was in thee of valiance, and thy proficiency in matters of practic and theoric, and skill in enigmas, and that wherewith thou art endowed of all perfections. So we pray, Almighty Allah, to bless thee and thy kingdom, and strengthen the defences of thy capital, and add to thy dominion, since thou art mindful of thyself, and managest to accomplish every need of thy subjects. And send it to him by another courier. Exclaimed the king, By Allah of all might, tis a marvel of marvels that this man should be a mighty king and ready for war after his slaughter of all the wise men of his kingdom and his counsellors and the captains of his host and that his realm should be populous and prosper after this and there should issue therefrom this prodigious power but the marvellousest of all is that the little ones of its schools 
should return the like of this answer for its king. Verily, of the vileness of my greed I have kindled this fire upon myself and lieges, and I know not how I shall quench it, save by taking the advice of this my wazir. Accordingly he got ready a costly present, with eunuchs and slaves manifold, and wrote the following reply. In the name of Allah, the Compassionating, the Compassionate, to proceed. O glorious King Weird Khan, son of my dear brother Jaliad, may the Lord have mercy on thee and continue thee. Thine answer to our letter hath reached us, and we have read it, and apprehended its contents, and see therein that which gladdeneth us, and this is the utmost of that which we sought of Allah for thee. So we beseech him to exalt thy dignity, and establish the pillars of thy state, and give thee the victory over thy foes and those who propose thee frowardness. Know, O king, that thy father was my brother, and that there were between us in his lifetime pacts and covenants, and never saw he from me aught save weal, nor ever saw I from him other than good. And when he deceased, and thou tookest seat upon the throne of his kingship, there betided us the utmost joy and gladness. But when the news reached us of that which thou didst with thy wazirs and the notables of thy state, we feared lest the report of thee should come to the ears of some king other than ourselves, and we should presume against thee, for that we deemed thee negligent of thine affairs and of the maintenance of thy defences, and neglectful of the interests of thy kingdom. So we let write unto thee what should arouse thy spirit. But when we saw that thou returnedest us the like of this reply, our heart was set at ease for thee. May Allah give thee enjoyment of thy kingdom and establish thee in thy dignity. And so peace be with thee. Then he dispatched the letter and the presents to Weird Khan with an escort of a hundred horse. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say. End of Night 927 Night 928 When it was the 928th night, she continued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the monarch of Outer Hind, after making ready his presents, dispatched them to King Weird Khan with an escort of a hundred horse, who fared on till they came to his court, and, saluting him, presented letter and gifts. The king read the writ, and lodged the leader of the escort in a befitting place, entreating him with honour and accepting the presents he presented. So the news of this was bruited abroad among the folk, and the king rejoiced therein with joy exceeding. Then he sent for the boy, the son of Shimas, and the captain of the hundred horse, and entreating the young wazir with honour, gave him the letter to read, whilst he himself blamed the king's conduct to the captain, who kissed his hands and made his excuses to him, offering up prayers for the continuance of his life and the permanence of his prosperity. The king thanked him for this, and bestowed upon him honours and largesse, and gave to all his men what befitted them, and made ready presents to send by them, and bade the boy wazir indite an answer to their king's letter. So the boy wrote a reply, wherein, after an address beautiful exceedingly, he touched briefly on the question of reconciliation, and praised the good breeding of the envoy and of his mounted men, and showed it, when duly finished, to the king, who said to him, 
Read it, O thou dear boy, that we may know what is written therein. So the boy read the letter in the presence of the hundred horse, and the king and all present marvelled at its ordinance of style and sense. Then the king sealed the letter, and delivering it to the captain of the hundred horse, dismissed him with some of his own troops, to escort him as far as the frontier of his country. The captain returned, confounded in mind at that which he had seen of the boy's knowledge, and thanking Allah for the speedy accomplishment of his errand, and the acceptance of peace, to the king of Outer Hind. Then going in to the presence, he delivered the presence, and handed to him the letter, telling him what he had seen and heard, whereat the king rejoiced with joy exceeding, and rendered lauds to his lord the Most High, and honoured the captain commending his care and zeal, and advancing him in rank. And from that hour he woned in peace and tranquillity and all happiness. As for King Weird Khan, he returned to the paths of righteousness, abandoning his evil ways, and repenting to Allah with sincere penitence. And he gave up womanizing altogether, and applied himself wholly to the ordering of the affairs of his realm, and the governance of his people in the fear of Allah. Furthermore, he made the son of Shimas wazir in his father's stead, and the chief after himself in his realm, and keeper of his secrets, and bade decorate his capital for seven days, and likewise the other cities of his kingdom. At this the subjects rejoiced, and fear and alarm ceased from them, and they were glad in the prospect of justice and equity, and instant in prayer for the king and for the minister, who from him and them had done away this trouble. Then said the king to the wazir, What is thy reed for the assuring of the state and the prospering of the people, and the return of the realm to its aforetime state as regards captains and counsellors? Answered the boy, O king of high estate, in my judgment it behoveth before all that thou begin by rending out from thy heart the root of wickedness, and leave thy debauchery and tyranny and addiction to women. For, an thou return to the root of transgression, the second backsliding will be worse than the first. The king asked, And what is the root of sinfulness, that it behoveth me to root out from my heart? And was answered by the wazir, Little of years, but great of wit. O king, the root of wickedness is subjection to the desire of women, and inclining to them, and following their counsel and contrivance. For the love of them changeth the soundest wit, and corrupteth the most upright nature. And manifest proofs bear witness to my saying, Wherein, and thou meditate them, and follow their actions and consequences with eyes intent, thou wilt find a loyal counsellor against thy own soul, and wilt stand in no need whatever of my reed. Look then, thou occupy not thy heart with the thought of womankind, and do away the trace of them from thy mind, for that Allah the Most High hath forbidden excessive use of them by the mouth of his prophet Moses. So that quoth a certain wise king to his son, O my son, when thou succeedest to the kingdom after me, frequent not women overmuch, lest thy heart be led astray and thy judgment be corrupted. For that overmuch commerce with them leadeth to love of them, and love of them to corruption of judgment. And the proof of this is what befell our Lord Solomon, son of David, peace be upon the twain of them, 
whom Allah specially endowed with knowledge and wisdom and supreme dominion, nor vouchsafed he to any one of the kings his predecessors the like of that which he gave him, and women were the cause of his father's offending. The examples of this are many, O king, and I do but make mention of Solomon to thee, for that thou knowest that to none was given such dominion as that with which he was invested, so that all the kings of the earth obeyed him. Know then, O king, that the love of women is the root of all evil, and none of them hath any judgment. Wherefore it behoveth a man use them according to his need, and not incline to them with utter inclination, for that will cast him into corruption and perdition. And thou hearken to my words, all thine affairs will prosper, but, and thou neglect them, thou wilt repent, when its repentance will not profit thee. Answered the king, Verily, I have left my willum inclination to women. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of night 928 Recording by Andre Levy AndreLevy.net Lisbon, Portugal